And welcome to the human side of healthcare, Steve Love and Thomas Miller. And today we're delighted. We always enjoy talking to guests from our hospitals, but we're going to talk to Ashley Kenny. She's the Family Services Director at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital for Children. And her background is in social work. She's professionally trained in it. So we're going to talk about some topics today that I think our listeners can really learn from, not only applying them to what she does at Texas Scottish Rite, but it can help each and every one of us in our everyday lives. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this important segment. Thank you very much. You know, as you look at some of the work you do in social work and dealing with the children at Texas Scottish Rite, one of the terms that I heard was unconditional positive regard. Can you tell me and to our listeners, what does unconditional positive regard mean to you? That's a great question. And, you know, this is a belief that's so important to me. And it's something that was really foundational in my training. And I think I've carried it with me throughout my career, both in private practice previously and now in the hospital setting. The idea of unconditional positive regard is a concept actually born out of the field of psychology, specifically seated in the theoretical model formed by Carl Rogers, whose work really focused on human or client-centered care. So unconditional positive regard is this belief and an emotion that we should be able to promise to our patients that despite their situation and despite any challenges or their identity or their beliefs, their past or any other factors that we can and we will care for them with an attitude of respect and acceptance. Said another way, it means that I will celebrate alongside you as you want to be celebrated, and I will support you throughout the experiences in life that you may or may not have chosen, regardless of whether or not I myself have direct experience with your situation and whether or not I make the same life choices as you in life. That concept really rings true. But when you look at healthcare and healthcare specifically, Why do you think it's so important, and how do you apply it in healthcare, especially at Texas Scottish Rite? Sure. Um, The list of reasons this belief is important could be very long, but I would sum it up by saying unconditional positive regard in healthcare is the truest form of respect. And in healthcare, we serve to respect, and I would say especially at Scottish Rite, I feel very strongly about that. We serve to respect and honor the humans we're gifted the opportunity to care for. If we can't promise respect or positive regard, we cannot and really should not be caring for the person that's standing before us. And as we know, in healthcare, we promise to do no harm. And if we think about respect or a lack thereof, we would cause harm if there's an absence of it. No one, not a single person, deserves to be vulnerable and looking for help from the healthcare system and be made to feel anything less than respected, which is also why I really love this series, The Human Side of Healthcare, because isn't that what we all are as humans? Absolutely. And Thomas and I've talked about this many times, the human side of healthcare. Some of the guests we have, some of the stories we have, 
healthcare is human, and we have to remember things like what you just said, respect. Which brings me to my next question. You know, in healthcare, we look at metrics, we look at measurements, we look at outcomes, and that's so important. We know that. But when you deal with unconditional positive regard, do you have any data or thoughts on how that's impacted outcomes? I do. And I I agree. I think that when we think about, you know, unconditional positive regard or some of these terminologies, we think, oh, that sounds really fluffy. But there's a deep seated need for it based in how we are going to see our outcomes. So ultimately, without the respect and acceptance, which unconditional positive regard really promises, we can't claim positive outcomes in healthcare. And that's true both from those in healthcare that talk for a living, like me, (laughs) or for those that do surgeries and more of the physical care. We can deliver the most precise surgery or provide a very accurate diagnosis, but if the patient does not feel respected, they're unlikely to follow the guidance or necessary treatment our experts might be offering. I have a personal example of this, actually, which at the time I wasn't able to process, but afterward had this kind of light bulb aha moment when I was thinking, oh, this is what unconditional positive regard is all about. At the beginning of this pandemic and the shutdowns, I had to go to the hospital. It was terrible timing, but it wasn't my own. I was having a baby. And after giving birth, I was in the recovery area and started feeling pain, like a lot of pain, like worse than the childbirth pain. And as it got worse, I thought, okay, I need to be a good patient. I'm going to call the nurse and explain how I'm feeling because something could be wrong. And she asked me some really great follow-up questions and ultimately decided she needed to contact the doctor. And they determined there was a problem. It turned out I was experiencing a life-threatening medical emergency from childbirth. Uh, The nurse told me what was happening. And then the next steps The information was very clinically important, but I felt like I wasn't being heard when I expressed my fear and my disappointment in not being able to discharge as quickly as I had hoped. Again, not being in my best mindset, I remember just feeling like I was shutting down. And despite the team telling me all the important information, all I was worried about was that I was going to have to stay in the hospital longer. I was going to be away from my family for longer. And on top of that, I was really worried about myself or my family being exposed to COVID. And I thought I was expressing this, but also felt like none of those concerns were really being taken into consideration. I even remember thinking at one point, you know, I'm just going to go AMA and hope that my body takes care of itself because I want out of here. And it really wasn't logical, and I I clearly wasn't at my best, but at least I quickly arrived at the conclusion that going AMA would be a really bad idea, so I stayed put. But I remember crying as they wheeled me back from recovery into the stepped-up level of care unit. And once I was situated on the unit, the first member of the new care team came to greet me, and I'll, I'll never forget this particular nurse. She went out of her way first to sit at my eye level. She said something along the lines of, I know you're scared. I know this isn't what you want. And I know you had another plan. I'm sorry your plans aren't working out the way you wanted. Can we make some new plans together? And that I remember was the first time in the middle of all that chaos that I felt a weight lift and was willing to enter the agreement to let someone else lead my care and let go of the control. I was so 
desperately seeking when I felt like I wasn't being heard or seen. And then on top of her words, she offered action. She asked me if I wanted a bed bath and I teared up again. There was a lot of crying throughout this whole situation, but this time it was tears of relief. And she just could empathize that I was feeling badly and clearly thought through what she could offer or do to make me feel supported. She saw me as vulnerable and really let us both sit in that vulnerability to make me feel comforted and cared for. So to me, that was an example of unconditional positive regard. I was absolutely being a difficult patient in retrospect. I wasn't wanting to hear the important medical care they were telling me I needed, and they were right, I needed it. But because I hadn't felt respected or heard, I wasn't being safe. But then when I did, and I immediately started feeling more hopeful and logical, and I know that affected my outcome, I stayed for the care, I'm, I'm alive, and I actually listened to the instructions they needed me to follow to get better. And I know that that's just one anecdotal example of when unconditional positive regard leads to great outcomes, but I think it really does showcase how important all those different verbals and nonverbals really impacted the care and the outcome, for me at least. It may be anecdotal, but what a powerful message. And you know, really connected when you said the unconditional positive regard that nurse had for you. On a side note, I know Ashley personally, and there's no way for our listeners, AMA means against medical advice. I can't see her leaving against medical advice. So this must have been some (laughs) tremendous unconditional positive regard. You know, Ashley, as, as we look at social service, and if we look at the good work you do every day, Many of the people in healthcare often say, I had a calling to go to healthcare. I had that servant attitude. Is this skill that you possess dealing with positive regard, is it inherent in your personality? Is it learned? How, how do people really know how they have that in their souls, so to speak? You know, it can be both. Healthcare is such a special place with special people that do really special work. No doubt there are definitely natural personality types that easily tap into empathy and have naturally high emotional intelligence. But if someone isn't naturally attuned to the skill set of, say, active listening or hasn't explored their own biases or in psychological terms, their own countertransference, there's certainly important training and work to be done. And even for those in healthcare that may have a more natural ability to showcase empathy, this tenant of unconditional positive regard is so important that it can and it should be explored and re-explored throughout one's career whenever the opportunity arises. You know, Ashley, you've talked about some great things and this unconditional positive regard of how you respect people and how you have a positive attitude. Let's step aside from the clinical setting. How would you say this is good to just help people not only navigate healthcare, but navigate life? Oh, great question. I think 
The active clinical care is really just one aspect of healthcare, though, of course, a very important and the primary aspect. However, the topic of unconditional positive regard, respect, and acceptance should be trained and supported throughout every aspect of healthcare organizations and, to your point, any organization, uh, especially in, in our society and our communities right now. For example, at, at our hospital, we lead with our core values. It's something we're just so proud of. We talk about them all the time and our employees even rate this as our highest accomplishment and our employee satisfaction results that we lead with our core values. One of our core values is respect. And uh, we recently spent an eight-week period of time exploring with every single employee during these feedback sessions related to patient experience and, and discussing this this topic of respect. We broke down examples of how we can and how we should showcase respect in our work throughout our organization at Scottish Rite. We provide these trainings and resources to everyone from our IT department and our more back-end staff that don't necessarily have patient or family contact uh, to our clinical staff and our physicians, because when an organization breeds respect or unconditional positive regard, it needs to be present within every employee and in every aspect of hospital operations. And for the consumer outside of healthcare or the patient within healthcare, we really should strive for respect to be felt in every interaction, wherever they may be in the system, from when they're finding a parking spot to grabbing a, a meal in the cafeteria to the operating suite. And again, now more than ever, our society and our communities need to feel unquestionably welcomed, loved, and respected. And that is unconditional positive regard. You know, I think uh, you've really given us good food for thought. And Thomas, I know you always have excellent questions, so we're going to let you uh, ask some of those if you would. Ashley, thank you for this conversation. It is excellent. With COVID, I think back to when my grandfather sold his business, and this was over 50 years ago. My grandmother said, I married you for better or for worse, but not for lunch. Go find yourself something to do. (laughs) That was a wise woman. And unfortunately, so many couples today are for better, for worse, and for lunch because we've been working from home. How can this apply right on into our living rooms and even to say in the bedroom where perhaps respect has been uh, maybe not the primary thing in this environment of living together 24-7? I like that that layered question because I, you're right. This is something that can transcend beyond organizations or companies. This belief of unconditional positive regard is something that I think when we enter any relationship, whether it's a professional or a personal relationship, that we ought to be able to promise to each other. Unfortunately, I think that we have all been in a situation where we uh, forget that somehow and that perhaps the people that we're closest to get the worst of us. So we might be out in our work or out in the community putting our, you know, our best foot forward. But then when we get home, we forget that we have made a commitment to really to be respectful of each other and to give that unconditional positive regard to those that we love and that love us. 
So I think this time during COVID, when stress has been so high, when the unknowns are so great, and when anxieties can be really at their maximum and our coping strategies are tested on a daily basis, this is an important topic, I would say, to start talking about. Um, Like I said, I'm in the career where I, I talk a lot. So that's always my first recommendation is, bring this discussion to your your kitchen table. Talk about how are we doing taking care of each other? Do you feel like I'm bringing you enough respect? Or what are there other things that I could be doing to help you feel like I positively regard you and that I'm accepting of what you need from me so that I can be a part of this team in in a way that's meaningful and important, especially during such a hard time. And I think that conversation can be hard because each person in that conversation is struggling with the same thing. There are unknowns from both sides. As much as we wish one other person would have an answer to what's next, neither of us do. So to be able to say, what do you need when I also need you to ask me, what do I need? That is the reason why we have the topic of unconditional positive regard, to open up those lines of communication and try to feel connected and heard. Excellent. Take us right on in, if you would, to how this is implemented with the families and children at Texas Scottish Rite. Like I said, one of our our core values, which we lead with every day, is respect. And when we did our, uh, we were designing lots of information and we're talking through how do we, you know, quickly convey that we respect and have this regard for our patients we really try to bring it in from the moment you come onto our campus or even before then from our reminder calls, from the time that you might be calling our hospital with questions about your child's appointment or your child's care. We try to integrate lots of first person communication. So using names instead of just saying your patient, your child, we want to address the child by their name. We want to be working directly with the child when they're in our exam room. We want to talk to the child. We want to showcase to that child that when you're at Scottish Rite, you're the most important person in this room. And that when you leave Scottish Rite and you're entering the world beyond our walls, that you are a child, yes, but you deserve to be respected and regarded positively and that your opinions and your thoughts matter. And the same for the families. We see them at a very, again, vulnerable or stressful time, perhaps. And I think that when we are having difficult conversations, if we always have this belief that we respect everybody and meet them where they are in that moment, yes, somebody may be upset because you just told them a difficult treatment plan that their child might be having surgery. If we can allow them the space to be scared, to be angry, to be confused, we can meet them in that emotion and bring them to a successful plan for treatment where we'll be able to help their child, but also help the entire family unit to cope with the changes and the unknowns that they might be so scared of. You know, uh, Ashley, when we think in terms of unconditional positive regard and you look at COVID-19, If you were going to give individuals advice on how they could show unconditional positive regard for their neighbors, what would you say? You know, I know this is a hot button topic, and um, I would say the most important thing you can do right now to physically show unconditional positive regard and to really do unconditional positive regard is to wear your masks. 
I know that there's so much information out there and we're constantly watching the news and we're seeing how scary our situation is and how it's only becoming scarier in this moment. But the idea that I can put on a mask to show you that I care about your health and if you wear a mask and it shows that you care about my health, we are absolutely showing that unconditional positive regard and respect. I don't know if you're sick. You don't know if I'm sick. But the chance that I am sick, I don't want you to get sick from me and vice versa. If you're thinking that you want to show me that you care about me and you respect me and my household and my extended family, then you will wear a mask and I will do the same for yours and your family. What an incredible answer. I got to tell you, Ashley, that truly shows unconditional positive regard. And to our listeners out there, if that doesn't inspire you to wear a mask, I don't know what does. Do you agree, Thomas? Let me flip it. Let me flip the coin on this real quick. Ashley, if you see somebody not wearing a mask, and even as I saw in a store the other day, coughing and not covering their cough and not wearing a mask, how can you have positive regard toward that person? Well, that would be a real test. And, and, you know, tapping into this high stress, high anxiety moment, I can feel right now, even as you're just describing the situation, my frustration and what would feel like anger towards that person to be so blatant to not wear the mask. Having this moment to say, though, why would I still have positive regard for this person? In my mind, I may be making huge assumptions as to why they're not wearing a mask. I could assume that they're selfish. I could assume that they just don't know any better or they're making some type of statement about their own beliefs and that they're not wearing it. They also could not be wearing a mask because they're physically unable, which we've heard those situations as well, which obviously give us pause to be respectful of those that perhaps are are not able to wear masks. But ultimately, if I'm saying the choice that I'm making is that I'm wearing a mask for you, I think hopefully once I calm down from seeing that person and being concerned that I was just exposed to COVID, I have a moment in time somewhere in my day to regroup and remember that person formed a decision based on a belief that was truly theirs and that I can hope and wish that if they are hearing the information or have questions about why it's important to wear a mask, that they eventually are led to that information and take it to heart because there's a lot of information being brought about that is confusing or conflicting. We've gone from moments of saying this is important to this is not important to here's what's happening right now or here's what we should be worried about in the future. There is a lot of information, but I think if when I see that person, my whole heart can hope for them to hear the science and the importance of wearing the mask and that it touched them in some way before they're personally impacted by COVID, my unconditional positive regard heart would say, I wish for them more information and for an opportunity for them to feel trusting of what's being recommended by the CDC and by the World Health Organization, and that they hear that information in a way that is meaningful to them. And like you say, within the context of that situation, you have to go from the anger, the frustration, the resentment in some cases, to getting over to that positive side. That's the journey, right? 
Absolutely. And I, I think that that might be why we've ended up in such a polarizing situation right now, especially related to the masks, is because when we're unable to temper those more negative emotions, such as anger or frustration, and we we continue to lead with you know, fighting or entering disagreements more readily than we are willing to see science or basic understanding or to, you know, lower our guards to say, I don't agree with you in this moment. Help me understand why we're seeing this differently. We actually probably could learn why that person might be choosing not to wear a mask and vice versa. If they asked us, I don't understand why you're wearing a mask. If you're so worried, you should just stay home. If we could have a meaningful conversation, I think it's amazing what we can accomplish. But right now, so much of our our more inherent coping mechanisms are kicking in as far as anger and blame and frustration really out of fear that we've lost our ability to communicate with each other, to come up with meaningful solutions, to just get everybody to wear their masks even. Let's put you in that scenario in that store. So Steve and I have agreed that we are both in the higher risk category. Mm-hmm. Here's a person who's across the way. Now, it wasn't within six feet, and I don't think six feet is that much of a number. I think it needs to be more than that. But the person was not in a threatening distance. It was over there. But just blatantly barked out a cough without trying to cover it. You're there. Your child is there. Your family is there. You're being protective. How do you handle that? Well, this, this is definitely a merger of my worlds because I feel, you know, if I, if I have all the needed protection, if I'm wearing a face shield and I'm wearing a mask and I'm wearing a gown, I'm going to go over and I'm going to do some education. But if I have my family and I don't have the protection that's needed for me to maintain safety, I will try to move away from that person and make sure that my family and myself are protected But in that situation, especially given the new guidance, I would potentially ask to talk to the management of that store to find out what precautions they are taking to make sure that every shopper is able to maintain safety and find out if they are considering requiring everybody to wear masks in their store and requiring that there be uh, an increased level of awareness when people might be feeling unsafe by uh, not having people wearing masks. And then in the context of unconditional positive regard, if you say something negative to that person, like let's say you bark back out, cover your damn cough, have you just completely trashed that moment for yourself? What have you done if you do that? What have you put into the context? It's the same thing as flipping somebody off on, on Central Expressway. Yeah, I think that point is, I don't think that you've done anything positive. I don't think that you have really helped the cause. Nobody, I don't, I shouldn't say nobody, but I don't know of anybody that responds really well to feeling attacked. So somebody has clearly made a choice not to wear a mask for X, Y, Z reason. If I just yell at you and call you a name, you're definitely not going to be more inclined to wear a mask. That's for that sure. <laughs> I would say most people would agree with. Pretty certain there. And I'm clearly already frustrated because I've yelled at you and I'm I'm letting my fear and my anxiety get the best of me in that moment. So it's going to be a, ha- a lot harder for me to cope after that as well. So whereas before I could just potentially have to remove myself because science again is telling me if I stay in the presence of this person, 
and we're in this this space and they are talking or breathing or we converse, I might be exposed and I remove myself. I'm going to get frustrated to your expression. I might go out and kick my tire and vent to, you know, my my circle and say, I just can't believe I needed to go get milk for my family. And then I have to risk being exposed because this person won't wear a mask. But I'm probably going to come back down to my typical feelings a lot sooner than I would if I were to expel that energy yelling at somebody who ultimately probably will not respond well to me, you know, embarrassing them in public. But I do agree that there should be a way, especially right now in some forum, for people to be able to come together in a safe distance to say, you don't wear a mask and I do wear a mask. Help me understand why you are not. Help, And I'll help you understand why I am. Because there is clearly a breakdown. Clearly a breakdown. You know, this comes right back into the healthcare setting or the retail setting or any other environment where we find ourselves faced with a challenge. What is the training in this program that you've implemented that teaches us how to get back in that positive game when we have that challenging situation in front of us, whether it's what we've just described or whether it's an angry patient or an angry customer in our store? How do we handle that? I think it takes practice. Honestly, uh, we we all have our own responses and reactions and they're natural. And when we're training our staff at our organization, we do a lot of role playing. We talk through, this was a difficult conversation. How are we going to navigate this? Or this happened with this family and this is how this family responded. And this is how I responded. What worked? What didn't work? And how can we do it differently? Or how do we replicate that every time to get that outcome? In our personal life, it may feel and look different than it does at work because we, I think, have a different sense of scrutiny that we assume that there's going to be at work. And for some reason, especially in this anonymous kind of world that we all live in between social media and watching the news and feeling like it's it's our, our place to comment and that term troll each other, for some reason that scrutiny goes away and we live in this anonymous place and feel like we can say and do whatever we want. But wouldn't it be great if everybody could take that opportunity and we can absolutely say or do whatever we want to choose more often than not, I will lead with unconditional positive regard because truly we have to all be in this together. And we're seeing that right now. If we're not all on the same team committed to the same outcome of with COVID decreasing new cases and decreasing hospitalizations, I can only do so much as one person. So we do need to be able to choose to connect in a deeper, more meaningful way so that we can grow together and get better together. You know, Ashley, you've given us such good nuggets of information. And I got to tell you, your unconditional positive regard, that applies in the healthcare setting, outside of the healthcare setting. It really is something that if every individual, every one of our listeners, Thomas, me, Everyone thought in terms of unconditional positive regard, what a positive place North Texas would be. We couldn't thank you anymore for being such a great guest, giving us such good information. And we thank you for the work that Texas Scottish Rite does and for your integral part of the success they do for their patients. Thank you for being with us. 
Thank you so much. That is so kind. It is truly my honor. Thank you so much for the, the chance to talk about this.